Hey everybody, how's it going? Joey and Nate here with Dixie Doggers, uh, coming at you with another podcast, episode four. Uh, we recorded this originally the other night, but man, I was just I was feeling a little bit under the weather. Head was stopped up and just didn't feel good. So we we're gonna give it another try, see how this one works out. We've had a few days to to kind of mull it over a little bit more, a few different things we wanted, wanted to talk about, added a few things, took a few things away, so it worked out good. Also, uh, the weather. This is February 18th, I believe, and listen, man, the, the, the winter weather, I, I know most everybody in the country knows, it has been, it's been insane. Uh, we have been extremely lucky. We have been blessed. We, we are on the line, literally, there is a line where you can drive 15 minutes to the west and the roads you can't even hardly drive down. And where we're at, it's, you know, so-so. We, we've had a couple of days that it was really bad and we, you know. It warmed up enough where it mounted. Yeah, it, it, did, it wasn't a mess like we thought of. So our, our thoughts and prayers go out to all the folks in uh, Texas, Louisiana, Oklahoma, Arkansas, out in the West, Mississippi, the Tennessee. I mean, I can name all the states, but I, I'm not not being like that. Kentucky. We got a lot, you know. We got a lot of friends in the in the dog world that that live in these states, and you know, cold weather's hard on dogs. It's you know, it's hard on humans, and the power grid messed up, or you know, something something Mother Nature happened. That's what happened. Mother Nature has yeah. uh, I don't. I don't think you can blame it on on, on man, man. Of, of any kind because I mean this is not a normal winter weather scenario, especially no. for the Texas area. Uh, but you guys, you know, if there's anything that we could do, I know this is gonna be coming at you a, a few days later. You just give us a call, man. If you need something or anything that we can do, let us know. Like I said, our thoughts and prayers with you and your families. You know, it. It's just been it's been pretty 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 wild weather. Like I said, we we've been very lucky here. We had a we had a couple of days that were extremely extremely cold. And yeah, we it, woke up. What was it? Wednesday morning? Tuesday? It was five. Yeah, Tuesday. With, and with the wind with the wind blowing, I don't I don't even know what it was, but it was actually five. Yeah. And for here in Alabama, that's that's pretty cold. Very damn cold. We had a. We, all the dogs have done really good, but you know we brought some pups inside, put them in the buildings, got them warmed up. Yeah. Nate, Nate, Logan made sure that, that yeah, fed them some good warm soup. Take some broth, mix it in with their dog food. Yeah, you know, I mean do everything you can to to help them. You know, yeah. it's just like you, a good good warm cup of coffee is better than a, a glass of ice water when it's you know five degrees. I guess I don't know. I I, I would. I'd rather drink. I would chill and drink coffee all the time. So, all right, so what we're going to talk with today, you know, like I said, we, we've been doing this whole series as kind of a, for beginners, for people who are just starting out, and, you know, there's, we welcome any and all helpful comments, hints, tips, tricks, whatever. If you know our number, holler at us. Uh, if you don't, you can email us, leave us a comment, whatever you need to do, get in, get in contact with us, uh, but, you know, leave the negative negative stuff out nobody wants to hear all that bullshit that's you know keep it to yourself uh but if you got something that's helpful for somebody else or if it's something that you know doesn't work that we're saying let us know 
But the things that we're talking about are what has worked for us. Yes, just because it works for us, it, mean it does not mean it works for anybody else. We're trying to. We, I, I'm not going to say it doesn't work for anybody else because I know quite a few people because I've learned it from other dog men that this these steps and methods have worked for. A lot of it's just common sense. All right, so we went over how to how to go on a hunt. Is it one of our one of our first episodes, and then our uh, your equipment and gear. So now, say that you you've decided you want to hunt. You like hog dogging, and uh, we'll have dog in a race. Yeah, you don't want to just be the guy sitting there talking about. It. You want to have your old dog out. So uh, we're gonna go over going and getting a dog. There's a multitude of ways to make that happen. You can, if you want to buy, most of the time it's somebody new. A lot, the guys that you hunt with, most of those guys are going to have a pup, a young dog, or an old dog. Uh, one that can help you train a pup or something like that. And, and they'll generally help you out if you're a good good person. If nobody ever tries to help you out. You're doing something wrong. Probably not. They probably have an answer. Or no. your friends aren't worth the shit. Yeah, well, well that happens too. Problem, but you probably we got asshole, great bro. friends. <laughs> yeah, but assholes asshole. usually don't last that long. Yeah, I mean, which I know a couple of them. But all right, so what we're gonna start out with? Say you're gonna just go buy a dog right off the bat. Most everybody wants a puppy. They want a puppy so they can train it and do it their way and da 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 and all that. And that's great. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. So if you go to buy a puppy, get some recommendations. If you can, if not, find your reputable breeder online or through word of mouth or whatever. Call and talk with them. Set up a day that you can go and hunt with the parents if you're going to buy a puppy, if possible. There shouldn't be any reason why they wouldn't let you see how the parents hunt and how they work if you're serious. And I don't mean going and buying. This ain't going to be no $50 dogs most of the time I'm talking about. If you're serious. Well, it's going yeah i mean i know a lot of people that's going yeah pup, puppy prices are 500 to a thousand bucks all over the place 500 bucks is pretty common yeah for for the what we're running for right. what we're running yeah you're i mean you're gonna get what you pay for a we're lot of times to competition hunts like coon hunts and stuff like no that, this so. is for hog dogs like i said this is oh uh, so so you got you a breeder all right so scenario here me and nate gonna play off each other here he's been he's a young guy he just started out hunting He's coming hunting with me, done being three or four times. I think he's going to make a good good dog guy. So he asked me about getting a dog. I don't have anything right now. Uh, I got one I'm going to plan to breed. And when, you know, next time she comes in heat, da-da-da, we'll give him the whole thing. And then I say, well, old Leroy's got some pups that are come off two damn good dogs. Here's his number. All right, so I give Nate Leroy's number. I go home that evening and I holler at Leroy and say, hey, I'm going to send a young man your way, treat him right, take him out, show him how the parents work, and then Nate's going to take it from there. So now so, what do you do, Nate? So the first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to ask Ken, hey, what shift does Leroy work? Does he work? Because I don't want to call him while he's working or while he's eating. Yes. I don't want to be that guy as soon as somebody sits down to eat. Get a phone call from a random number. Because you never know. Yeah, and then you got to call them again. And anytime you call again, some people are, get weird and <laughs> stuff like that. What? What do you want? Yeah, exactly. And so figure that out. Figure a good time to call him. Call the man. Talk to him. Ask him. Ask him, first of all, 
what breed of dog it is because it might be a really large breed of dog like stag hounds or something crazy like that it might be mixed breeds whatever but not everybody wants a hundred pound 120 pound dog and also not everybody wants a 15 or 20 pound dog like a jag yep so car dogs we're gonna say jags a lot yeah so car dog good medium-sized dog okay i like that well what style how do the dogs how do the parents hunt like, okay, well, the mama's more typically, she's a medium-range dog, and so is the dad. Mom is semi-silent. The dad is silent. It's like, okay, that's what I like. So everything so far checks out good. I am interested in these puppies. So then I'll ask Leroy, like, hey, what's a good time for us to go hunting? Trying to get a hunt plan together. If I have some property already gathered up from my grandpa or just knowing people, yeah. Take him as just a good good gesture. That's really nice because a lot of private land is hard to get your hands on, especially when it comes to dog hunting. And so we'll either go hunt my property or hit us either way. Say we're supposed to meet at 6 o'clock, get there at 5.30 with my biscuit and coffee, have him one too. Uh, just help him, make sure he doesn't need help with anything, offer whether it's just holding a dog while he's calling it up, leads, whatever. Bring your own leads. If you got a tracking system, bring yours in case his tears up or something. Anything. Everything don't bring. Helpful. Be careful what you, if you don't have any dogs, so don't bring anybody else. Usually just you go with him. Let him kind yeah. of take the lead because he's going to be the hunt Because he's probably going to have a couple guys that he hunts with yeah, already. And he might bring them. He might bring some other dogs too. Mm -hmm. uh, so notes to check on the parents. How those dogs handle? Do they look like they're just running around slamming their head into stuff like bucking broncos? Or are they more methodical, a little calm, but once you turn them loose, they really get out there. So just watch how they hunt. Uh, make sure how the dogs are hunting that day. Correlate pretty close to how he told you they're going to hunt. And then after that, you come back, you go to Leroy's house, you're going to look at these puppies. Uh, be careful. If he's got dogs in the kennel, like up off the ground or something, you ain't really got to worry about it. But on chains or something like that, uh, worry about cross-contamination on your boots because you can bring something home to your yard or you can bring something from your yard to there, yes. whether it be coccidiosis, parvo, anything like that. Uh, ask to look at the puppies, just kind of see if they're lively. They should be, they ain't got to be morbidly obese waddling around, but they should be healthy. They shouldn't be really, really skinny. Mm -hmm. Uh, they should pick be them filled up. out with a little loose skin. Run your hands over them if you feel like any clots. Sometimes that's from fleas. They could have had fleas. Still have them either way. Uh, pick their gums up. Their gums are real pale. That mean they're anemic or they have worms. Uh, just kind of hold them close. Listen to their chest. See if they got any rattling in breath. there. Smell their breath. Their breath smells really bad. They can could have ate something bad, but if all of their breast smells like really bad, it can be some sort they, they of They've got something in there. I, I mean, it's clear just eyes, one stuff like that. Uh, just because the mama dogs run down, like as far as skinny, yeah. doesn't mean she's not healthy. That just means mm -hmm. she's putting out a lot of effort. Usually, most of the time, the healthiest puppies have the worst looking mama dog. Yeah, that's, she's that's putting, true. She's putting all of her effort into keeping them puppies fat and healthy. Mm -hmm. uh, and just looking at them, now it gets down to, okay, all these puppies check out. They seem healthy. So now I'm going to figure out which one I want. So you just kind of look. Don't want to really pick the one just kind of laying there and 
doesn't not real active or nothing because I don't know. It's kind of like I don't know if y'all ever bought goldfish or anything at the store, but you don't want to pick the goldfish. It's just like staying by himself. It's usually not a good sign yeah. with those things. Uh, but there's no, no true way of just picking like, okay, this is going to be no the best. Way, yeah. yeah, there's no foolproof way. Uh, a lot of times the runts have more spunk because they're fighting the whole time. But a lot of times the runts can also be malnourished because they're getting bullied out of food and yeah. stuff like that. And they're fighting them. Yeah, one more thing I wanted to, and I, I should have said it just a minute ago. You know, we've been talking about this, like, you know, when you're having a conversation and something pops in your mind, we've been trying to write stuff down, like, back and forth. It's like, you know, kind of like some kind of footnotes to go by. But like you was talking about a while ago about taking the parents out hunting, keep in mind now these videos that we're doing right now, this is for people who have not done this very long. Yeah. If that mom and daddy dog get off their ass and they go out yonder and hunt, and they run and do what they're supposed to do, and there's no hog at the end of the, the day, so what? There yeah. might not have been a hog. There might not have been, that, I mean, might have been no don't sign. base They might that. be a more hot-nosed dog and can't pick up a 12-hour Don't track. base not catching a pig on the, that dog. Base the dog's performance. That I mean, that's, that's, that's the only yeah. thing I had to add. And Nate was touching everything right there that I could... Other than yeah, that, that would have touched on that. So. Pick out whatever dog likes you the most, because usually if they're attention, well, that's because a lot of the dogs, yeah. once they get older, they kind of figure out the relationship. Okay, my job is to hunt. He comes here, he pets me up, he loves me when I go hunting, when I get done. It's kind of like having yeah. a boss, relationship. Basically. And well, so as they get older, they'll understand that. That, that correlates decent still not even a foolproof way of most of no. can of dog you because some dogs don't give a crap about people they'll be like yeah pet me when they're feeling it and then oh yeah the, the jags are the worst they'll be like don't touch me and then still go hunt and then they'll be like okay let me back up i'm ready to go home and it's yeah, like they, they, it doesn't matter they got that cute hunting or do you take me honey? It's yeah like, <laughs> a lot of times that's what it winds up being you just all you did was give them a ride that's the way it should be i think yeah i think that you just load the dogs up, do give them a ride and when you open that box drop that tailgate that should go do what they're supposed to do like i said you know puppies like it like it's just one of them deals where either you love it or you hate it i don't know i love puppies but i don't like raising puppies i like to you know after they've done hit you know 10 months eight ten months old they'd be a real headache yeah they, they get to them teenage years from there to 12 to 16 months old 18 months old it's like oh my lord dog will perform like crazy that morning next morning He's over there chasing ladybugs, baying a box turtle. But it could be anything, you know. If you can, let them run around. It doesn't matter what they're really hunting or nothing like that. No, yeah, just let them just go. Just let them just hunt. Not yeah. not on a yeah. hunt. We're talking hunt about at, at, at the, the house. house. Yeah. yeah. If, you, if you've got some, pro, you know, say you've got a few acres of land or you live out in the country and, you know, your neighbors have... Um, some property or something like that where you can just let the pups run loose and you don't really worry about them getting run over on the road or anything like that hell let them run loose you know they go out there say you know you walk outside they've been they've been over here tearing stuff up they got one of you muck boots over there and chewed it all to pieces then they're shitting everywhere they're fighting on stop 
And then all of a sudden, you go outside and you don't see them and you hear them. Or you don't hear them, you hear some kind of game over there hollering and screaming where they ain't got a hold of it. That's what you want. If they're running a rat, a rabbit, a bird, a squirrel, a deer, armadillos, anything while they're pups, as long as they're hunting and running, they're taking that natural ability, channeling it, they're harnessing it, and they're using it. If they don't, then they're just running in damn circles in a crate is what a lot of people do. They just put them in a crate, and they and they wind up wanting to be a pet. Well, that's it's not, not a, like kids. You it's gotta, not you a gotta let them be kids. You gotta let them mess up, they gotta, do some dumb stuff. They gotta get their bumps and bruises, scrapes. They gotta get all that because without that, there's no learning in life. You know, uh, it, it, it holds like I said, it holds the same with dogs as it does humans. It, it's one of those deals where if you, like I said, you're either gonna love it or you're gonna hate it. And if you don't like the puppy deal, you know, then you might want to look into getting, like myself, I like a, I like a younger dog. We're, we've been blessed enough to be able to have all of them. You know, we've been, we've been able to take and, and raise pups, get them to that stage that I like to mess with them. Usually Nathan's messing with them while they're puppy pup, little pups, and then when they get to be younger dogs, then I'll start messing with them a little bit. And, you know, we can keep them. We can keep generations at, at the same time here at our house, yeah, we, we have a huge yard from six weeks to eight um, or nine years. Thirteen years. Lily's thirteen. Yeah, Lily's daughter's yeah, So 13. I think she, she's the oldest we still got. So, you know, anywhere from... There's a huge uh, difference. Yeah. And we've scale. got them at all, all at ages in between, yeah. too. And all different breeds. So, you know, next thing you want to do is you want to determine, you know... Are you going to stick with just one breed, one style, or are you going to have catch dogs, bay dogs, and all that? That's really what you need to determine before the pup, you actually go buy the puppy. So figure out what you want to do, then figure out if you want to get a puppy. Find the direction you want to go in. Find what you want to go in. Ask them, ask them people for advice. Don't just think you know it all and just do it all on your own. So, you know, once you get to that part, then, then you know, you'll have your dog in the race. So, like I said, say... Say so you don't want to do the puppies, we'll start out with a younger dog. Alright, so now we got to decide we didn't want to do all the puppies. I'm going to go get a younger dog. Which, Nate's done raised some dogs by now. I'm an older guy. I don't really have a lot of time, so I, I holler at Nate and I'm like, Hey, what kind of young dogs you got? He tells me. So I tell him, I was like, Hey, let's, let's go hunt Saturday. We'll, we'll go out. We'll hunt with the parents. Same, same, same deal. Same rhyme, same reason. All right. Decide I want those those young dogs. I get the young dogs. Bring them home. Don't I don't take them to the woods that day. You know, it, if that young dog's already started or he's going, and when I talk to him and we go to the woods, that's fine. When I load that dog up and I put him in my truck. Or whatever, you know, minivan, whatever you're driving. If if I put him in that and I bring him home, everything could change. Say uh, say we go down there and that dog has been hunting flat ground, and and you know swamp bottoms, and we come up here to where I'm at and it's all hills and hollers, mountains, all hard rocky terrain. It's gonna get winded pretty quick. Also, it could be like culture shock. You know, I've got a whole bunch of dogs on the yard. He needs to, I always like to let him acclimate a little bit. You know, bring him home, you know, let him, let him get out here on the yard. 
whether you put them on a kennel or a chain or, or however, you know, whatever kind of setup you got, uh, you need to make sure that you have a good setup for what you're doing. I mean, yeah. if you've got one of the Jags, you don't need a three-quarter inch log chain that's 16 foot long, and you know, with four swivels and, and all this stuff on it. You don't need all that. But if you got a um, if you got a Mastiff or a Band Dog or a, a hard game dog, anything like that, you you're, that's what you're going to need on the chain setup, you know. Maybe not those actual dimensions or nothing like that, so... Yeah. Uh, and also, you need to check out your local laws, because there's a lot of places you got yeah, tether laws. You whether live in the city limits or not. Yep. Kennel sizes. Uh, I know theirs was. I would probably recommend if you live in the city limits and you're trying to get yeah. dog hunts, get the hell out. Because mm -hmm. it takes one person to make the next couple years. Do you know of your life ahead. how many how many <laughs> times have we had somebody call and say, "Hey, man, they came out to the house. I need some help." And how many times have we brought anywhere from three we to drove ten to dogs different states to go get dogs? Oh, I know. That's what I'm saying. How many times have we brought from three to ten dogs here and kept them? You know, nothing wrong with the dogs. Dogs are in great shape, great oh, yeah. health. They just, you know, they live in a subdivision, and you cannot have somebody can't keep their nose in their own business. And, and that's going to happen everywhere you live. I mean, anywhere, any part of the country. There's always going to be old old Karen over there. Is what they call them now, Karen. Oh yeah. Karen or something, they're going to be Best thing there. to do is make sure your dogs are always in good health. If they're not, baby them and keep up with your receipts. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you can show, hey, don't, I put... Don't be scared to go to the vet either. No, no, no. You don't, you don't have to go to the vet for every little thing on it. But, yeah. you know, like we're in the field, something happens, they get cut, or we got to staple them up. Okay, that's fine, but... Talk to your old buddy, talk to Leroy, see what vet they use, see if you can find yeah. a vet that's a little bit... Well, he More understands. He understands what a working dog is. Yeah. Because there's there's some vets that don't understand what a working dog is. I, and I've run into that. Uh, but anyway, okay, back to the young dogs. We got them at the house. All right, we let them acclimate a couple weeks or days, however long it takes them. Every dog's different. Personality is different. So then we take them out, see how they do with another dog in the box. Uh, you know, see if you can box them together because some dogs I'd probably suggest just don't hunting them or walking well, yeah. them a couple times. I like to turn them loose right here on, in the yard yeah. first to see, around. hey, if they're going to act a fool or whatever. And I like to put that uh, that old button on them too. Yeah, you that way they know the who the boss is. And, you know, you can, you can make their life a lot. You can make your life a lot easier by, by just taking a little bit of time and putting a handle on that dog. Because young dogs like that, you know, if somebody's raising them out of a litter, uh, you know, they got a whole litter of young dogs. They're, they're not spending that individual time. And, that, and there's nothing wrong with that because like, you can't do that. You, you right. cannot put focus all that time and energy into a litter of 10 pups and give each dog the same amount of time. Hunt your old dogs, hunt your young dogs, your starter dogs, and all that. You can't do all that. So that's the part I like to do. I like to put a handle on that dog. I like to take somebody's dog that, you know, that has a lot of promise, and whether it, I mean I say somebody's dog, our own dogs, whatever. I like to just I like to take it where they'll load up. When I when I whistle or holler, I can holler them in. I can get them to come on in when it's time These to come go. To you. We can work yeah. on the loading up. Thing well, yeah, exactly. Because now a lot of times we hunted out of a trailer for years, and I've got some dogs that they they won't load up in the back of a truck hardly. But on a trailer, 
You know, they're ranger. They'll jump right in the ranger. ranger or trailer, hell, they jump right in it. But back of a truck, they're like, oh, I don't know. Uh, then we had, uh, I don't know how, how many years, I guess. I guess past two years, we hadn't hunted out of a, off of a dog trailer as much. Uh, dogs tore it up. Yeah, well, I mean, they, dogs are rough <laughs> on stuff. And we, we have, we're rebuilding this one now. Uh, Cause I, I, you know, you can go, you can go buy one and spend a thousand bucks on some kind of home, you know, basically a homemade deal, and you can spend ten thousand dollars, twenty, thirty thousand dollars on a production model of some kind. Uh, like I said, the, the handle part to me, I like to have that dog to where I'm in the woods. I don't have to have a lead on the dog. We don't use walk-in catch dogs ourselves anymore i mean every now and then we'll have some but they're all going to be running kicks but we will use them kind of like a walking and we'll get within you know 100 yards or so and bump them out that works for us it doesn't work for everybody there's some places you cannot turn that dog loose texas and south texas that the places we've been if that if that hog's in there bait up 100 yards inside that that was that black brush and stuff like that you, good luck I'm gonna tell you right now I, that that stuff is thick. It will bite you. It will stick you. It will stab you. You're gonna bleed. So, you know it. You, you'd have to be right on top of it. Uh, other places we've hunted, certain places like river bottoms. Man, it's wide open woods. I can cut that dog loose. I can see it at 150, 200 yards. I can cut that dog loose and let him hit it, and everything still be safe because we can be running right behind it to get to it. Uh, like I said, I just, I just like to have that good handle on mine. I, I don't I don't know. And I used it makes to deal with a lot easier. Yeah, well, we, you remember we used to deal with a lot of dog aggression. Now, and it stuff. ain't got to be able to sit and all that. Cause most, no. of that most of that stuff's good if you got an inside dog. But Yeah. But I know a lot of guys, they're catch dogs, man. Or they have, yeah. they, I don't know, I guess it's different, you know, like with the, with the bulldogs and the pits, dogos and things like that, you know. It's, it's almost like some of the catch dogs are, they are pets, which I mean, all of them are pet to a certain it's degree, always, but they're also stock. It's always different to me because, like, catch dog, most likely dog to get killed most of the yeah. time. And that's the one they're babying and mm. putting the most time into, which seems kind of odd to me versus because most people go through a catch dog three to five years. Where Every couple of years. Lot, where a lot of people can get a, a 10 years out of a bay dog pretty reasonable. Yeah, well, I, exactly. <laughs> if it's got any sense to it. We don't have any like that. Ours don't have any sense. They, we got a couple that kind of bay by themselves, but not with other dogs. No. Oh, if there's anything else there, it's and it's not going to be, and that's the thing, the ones that we run, you know, we, and we bred them for this. It's, you know, it's our own fault. We had to evolve with the hogs because the, the hogs are evolving constantly. Um, so you got to keep that in mind. The area that you're hunting, that's, you know, that pertains back to, you know, what kind of dog that you need. So you're going to get into, now we're going to get into, you know, you got to get into some, like breeds of dogs, styles of dogs, types of dogs. All right. You done figured out this is how to buy a puppy. This is how to, to get a, a young dog. Uh, we're kind of, you know, a lot of this, I know it sounds like we're going backwards or whatever, but it was trying to give you the gist of it. So now that you've got your first stuff out of the way, you figure what you want to do. Now you're going to get serious with it. You're going to get you a pack of dogs. And you have figured out that, all right, black mouth curves work better for you 
and you need one that's medium range dog first thing and I it would, needs to be rough. First thing What's I would that? recommend if you're going to build a pack of dogs, look at how much land you have and the layout of your land. Yeah. If you can hunt a 10,000 spot, 10,000 acre spot of mountainous land, you yeah. can run open dogs on them. But if you only got a thousand acres or it, less, or less, five hundred to a thousand in spots, mm -hmm. it it's probably a lot harder to run them open dogs because you get on a ranked board, you're gonna run it plumb out of the country, and you're gonna have well, to deal with was, trespassing. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what, and that's what I was getting to with the the style of dog. Uh, exactly what he said. You know, uh, medium range dog, short range dog, long range dogs. You got you know. Open, silent, you can go, there's a whole list of them. And we're gonna go through that. Like I said, this is gonna be a several part series. This we started out for the beginner and we're gonna get into where we're at now is okay, we got you some dogs, we want some black mouth curves. Um, we want something that's, we don't have a lot of land to hunt. So we've got, you know, a couple, couple thousand acres. You know, it's, it's enough land to go hunt comfortably, but you don't want a dog that's gone gonna go yonder and everybody has different terminology i guess all right we you know short range dog here is zero to three or four hundred yards yeah i'd say 350 cup yeah all right and i mean that that dog will, will stay i like one that in this if you're going to walk hunt it and you've got 500 acres there you go you know start out with something like that get you one and it if it's a dead silent, just hard mouth dog, that's what I like. Right? It can be a rough, rough cur of any kind. Uh, hell, I've had a lot of pits that were, you know, they they were good. They were better short range dogs than than anything. You could turn them loose. They were going to go hunt a couple of hundred acre, a couple hundred yards, two, three, four hundred yards. Come back, check in, go out, just keep walking, making progress like that, and. Usually, if they they ran up on something, they were a hot nosed dog. So, if the track had to be fresh within an hour, and you know, usually at that with that amount of time, as fresh as that track is, that dog's only gonna have to to go a short distance to find that pig. And when he finds it, bam, he's gonna catch it. There's not gonna be a bunch of bay in or anything like that with a rough style dog like that, more you know, run and catch style. And so, if you've got uh, so you've got over a couple thousand acres of land. Get you get into the medium range. You want you to get you some cur dogs. That's fine. Uh, you could have one that's uh, that bumps every now and then, opens up some. You know, and and they can be more rough bay, which means that they'll put teeth on that hog and make him stop and and or sit like there. Cow dog. Yeah, that's you know it's. That's what we're looking at. Or then if you want to get in, if you've got, like they said, 10,000 acres and or more, you can get a long-range plot hound, walker dog, whatever. Thousand, turn that thousand yards to let him go. To the miles where they hunt. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't believe that. Shit. Okay, so now here's what we're going to go. We're going to say, here, here's a, we're going we're gonna to walk you through short range, medium, long range, the the dog's openness or non-openness. All right, so we got short-range dogs, zero to three to four hundred yards. Medium-range dogs, four hundred to eight, nine hundred. Yeah, bumping thousand. All right, thousand yards plus is a long-range dog. 
Then you got some that go yonder. There's no stop. They just keep going. We've had one go yonder dog. And I didn't like it. No. The dog put meat on the table consistently every single time. Too much for but us. Jesus. Let me tell you something. This song gun and relay. Yeah, I think like, we need I mean, to cover that that bottom was, relay. Yeah. That's not the same thing as hunting, but Yeah, exactly. Alright, so you got the bottom you got those short short, medium and long range dogs, and the go yonder dogs, what we call them. Like I said, everybody's got different terminology. You got uh a silent dog. Silent dog, he's not gonna bark on track. What we call silent, I mean they they don't ever bark. I mean, for us, you know, but they're running catch dogs. They're not bay dogs. If you have a silent bay dog, he's going to be silent until he's on that, that hog's ass. Until he gets right there. And I've only had a couple of those. And I really have had them to where they did not bark unless the hog stopped and posted. That hog you. did not post up. Even if they were running on its ass right there, they were not barking. They only bark when it turned around. Then you've got what I call semi-silent. Then they have semi-open and open. That's just us. I don't know how everybody else feels about it. A silent dog's not barking. An open dog is barking all the time. Yeah. He's barking as soon as he strikes and runs. <laughs> just constant. <laughs> all right. A semi-open dog would mean that he would bark a little less. He would probably bark every 20 or 30 yards or even 100 yards. Every 100 yeah. yards or so, he would, he would let open up. Then what I call a semi-silent dog is one that just bump every now and then. Every two or three hundred yards, he'll he'll open up. Four hundred, five hundred yards, he'll you know just open up. And then when he starts getting a little hotter, he'll open up more. That's what I call a semi-silent because he's more silent than open. And then you have the semi-open, which is more silent than open. Then you have. Yeah, I know it sounds like a yeah. bunch of bullshit right there. You have like a weird crossover, like kind of like when they start cutting a track and it starts getting hot. Mm -hmm. Not even just just hunting, but when they're on track, like a lot of our jags do it. Like especially the Dixieland lineage, you'll have it. They'll bark three times, two or three times, and that's, oh, oh, oh. and that's it. And that's all you hear until it's uh, if they're, they're made, it. it's a big hog and it's in between bites. Yeah. They're they're going to put yeah, teeth on. They're putting teeth on it or. Like some, we got a, a few younger dogs, and in this last couple of generations, I've noticed they they squeal a little bit more if they're seeing the pig, if they're running there and they're right on it. Oh, yeah. Which I can deal with that part where we're at. You know, we can deal with that as long as they're looking at it because we drop. We've been told the high, high terriers, uh, Airedales, some of the crosses that we have, we drop them on the ground. Once the the smaller dog strikes, takes track, starts running, we put the running catch dogs on the ground, and the running catch dogs that we have. I mean, they they got a nose on them. You know, they're honestly they're they're as good a track dog as anything that we've ever had. But they just the dog, they don't they get experience. They know, hey, I can't figure out this hog track. This Parker, don't be shaking a damn camera. <laughs> <laughs> That's our camera guy, Parker's over here kicking the damn camera and shaking. If y'all see any little shaking in our footage, but anyway, like I said, it just it, it all depends on the 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 terrain that you have, the type of land, the amount of land. And the style of hunting that you want to do. I know a guy yeah. right now that has, he was running more silent dogs and now he's into wide open dogs. All right, now you got, all right, so we, we got these, you got these dogs out. You need to know what the difference is in the, between hunting and bottom. A lot, you hear a lot of guys talk about, well, that dog's got a lot of bottom to it. Uh, 
or that dog's got a lot of hunt to it, you know. There's there's a difference in it. Uh, you know, bottom, bottom's a whole different thing. That, if that hot, the hunt part, the dog goes out, hunts, finds a track, runs it. He might run that track for 20 minutes. Okay? If he doesn't come up with nothing, he might quit that track and come back. But if that dog has enough bottom, has the bottom, he'll stick that track, stay with it. He'll he'll work that track. He'll move it. And that that's bottom. If he stays with it and it's a, a, a five-mile race and it takes three hours and he puts at the end of the rainbow, he's got it caught or bait, whichever, whatever, that's bottom. Hunt is the ability you know or it's 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 what it is it's hunt it's get off your ass get up go work and find a track and that correlates with your range yep where bottom is okay so he usually hunts go ahead okay so he usually hunts say you got a short range dog he's hunting averaging 250 yards out he's making his loops or whatever he strikes a hog but he runs the hog a mile so He's a short-range dog with a lot of bottom to it because he'll stick with that hog. Uh, then you can even go to relay, which is, uh, it, it correlates with both of hunting and bottom, kind of. So after you get the pig killed, a lot of times like that over yonder dog, get out there dog that we had, uh, after you would kill the hog, or he would see the catch dog. And see, yeah, he, he didn't wait. Some dogs will wait until the hog's killed. And then they'll take seen that the again. dog was the hog was caught. There he goes again. He, he was a loose bay dog too. And that's, yes. You got to get into that. You got rough bay dogs, which like we were talking about a while ago, they'll put teeth on it, stop it, make it work. Working like uh, a cow dog. Yep. And then you'll have a you know a loose bay dog, which they'll they'll, they'll stand back. back. I'd say four to eight feet. They'll live a lot longer, but they don't work very well where we're at because they you know they don't uh, because we live in the all these mountains, I just, I don't know. They'll walk that hog. That hog will just keep walking. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. There's even one that's a little bit more extreme where they stand even farther back. And yeah, that hog walks back. I don't I, I don't have a, a lot of experience with, with that. Well, I, I have a good bit of experience from when I first started hunting with them, but that's been years ago. The hogs changed, started running. We had to, we had to, to shut them down. Uh, Clay Austin, Aaron Schinkle. Roger Wright, Dwayne, Headley, uh, Adam Brown, those guys right there, I learned a lot from them. They and and, and the, the way to breed a dog up to make it do what you wanted it to do. It took a lot of years, and and most of those guys, most of them are still hunting, but some of them they you know life happened, and after decades of hunting they you know they they got out of it and i was thankful enough or lucky enough to to have been a, a friend of them and so i was gifted a lot of dogs and a lot of stuff like that and carried out and, and i've never got rid of one of them not one time never sold one not one time they've all lived and died right here at the house or in the woods uh, that's that's one of those deals that when you get a dog from somebody you know that that's what this whole whole series this segment is is about getting dogs so if you get a dog from somebody make sure that you're clear on every detail if you get a dog from from me i'll see i'll i don't sell dogs 
I mean, very seldom will I sell any kind of dog. That's just me. There's nothing wrong with doing it. I wear it out. But I just don't. I just, you know, because I don't really breed up very often. When we do, we breed all our stuff for ourselves to keep our line here and, you know, to use it and work it. But I'll give somebody a dog. Uh, if, you know, if a young guy that's getting started and somebody has recommended him or some friends of mine, I send them whatever, and, and they do the same thing to us. They uh, to me, you know, they, they send. I get dogs sent to me all the time. But every one of us, we make sure that the other one knows. Hey, this pup is really doing good, or hey, this pup is not worth a damn. And if that pup ain't worth a damn, don't give it to somebody else. You call it because that. I mean, I would want you to do that, you know. And so, I, if you get a dog from somebody, you treat it just like the chores. You know, I, I just don't, you know, you don't, you don't get them, if somebody gives you one, you don't get it and go sell it. There are people that do that. They're dog jockeys. They, they uh, peddlers, you know, if, say you give, say you give them a, a dog that you would normally get a thousand dollars a pup and they take that dog and, and that dog's already started and working and hunting. They're like, well, hell, I can get fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars out of this dog and they sell it. You know, if you didn't tell them. The stipulations, then that's on you. But I make sure to be clear with everybody. Don't sell it. This, this, you don't breed this dog without talking to me. You don't sell this dog without talking to me. You know, and I'm not being an ass like that. I'm just saying these are the basics. We go over it. You know, but most of the people they asked, they were like, you know, well, I was like, hey, if you can't take care of the dog, let me know. Because there might be somebody else that's wanting one. I've got people that's waiting for two or three years at a time to get a dog from us. And that guy might, you know, he might be in a position to where he can get it, and you might be in a position to where you don't have the time to put into it like you thought you would. The dog could be a little too extreme for you. I know so we'll we, respect that decision more than anything. Yeah, just don't just put it up for sale. Let me see it on Facebook yeah, or something. Then we'll don't get us around. <laughs> yeah, and that's anybody, so don't do that to anybody. Make respect sure all that stuff's time. clear. Because, uh, I mean, it don't take long in the dog world to get a, to a bad name if you're going to just, you know, get dogs and sell them and, just be a damn uh, puppy mill or or basically like a damn used car salesman, you know, you get a dog and just pawn it off on somebody else. So yeah, you know. That but back to back to the dog part, what what style of dog what style of hunting do you do also? You need to think about that. Uh are you gonna walk hunt everything? Like we we're talking about with the short range dogs, that works pretty good like that. Uh or do you road hunt, walk hunt? You free cast your dogs. Do you, you cast them in a certain direction? Uh, do you do you hunt them off the hood of a truck or off of a box? Let them wind. Let them rig hunt it. Uh, so we got to strip it back down to basics. You a lot of folks don't understand. This is like basically a how-to video from from us or whatever. But so rig hunting. Is or you know, as for a wind dog, a dog that uses its nose that'll throw his nose up instead of putting it on a track and running that track. You could be riding down the road, go to a hunting club, ease around, let that dog ride on the box or on the hood or on top of the truck, trailer, whatever. And if he smells a hole, he's gonna throw that head up and he's gonna bark. Then you can turn him loose. Uh, if you're gonna walk hunt him, like we were talking about, you get out, take off walking, just ease up a little while. A little ways, let your dogs take off. You know, they're basically a, like a short cast. Let those dogs go up. 
let them make their loops or lines or however they're going to do it. They should cut. They'll come back, check in, walk on up another few hundred yards, and just keep working your way up like that, and it works out good. I've caught a lot of hogs like that. Uh, road hunting them. It's kind of like the rig hunt deal, but you just put your dogs on the road, ease down. And I don't mean the damn highway, okay? So don't do that. Like so, hunting club road. Yeah, gravel roads or whatever, yeah, you know. Boat road. You you want to oh, like no management road in a management area is what I meant. Yeah. I still, it don't matter. There's there's rules and regulations on that. Check yeah. all those first. Know don't. your rules and regulations on everything. Just let the dogs run down the road, trot in front of you, and you usually know, they'll cut the track. You'll see them yeah, dip they'll, off. They'll dip off, and usually they'll go. You know, depending on the dog, they'll a lot of times it's going to be a hotter track. I found that to to work better. And then. Casting, you can you can cast a dog. Hounds do really good. Curs, you know, they they do really good at it. You just take your dogs, get them out of the truck, get them to the direction that you want them to go. Let the dogs. You take off walking. As soon as they start, you stop. Let the dogs go. I'm not the best. I don't have the best cast dogs. Uh, I know some guys. I've had some that were good, but like I said, we we've changed different styles you know two or three different times so I, I found that if you're casting a dog the best thing to do like i just said you get the dog one person do it let them take off walk just a little piece in the direction you want the dogs to go let the dogs take off let them get on out there make sure nobody's talking everybody be quiet you know let the dogs go on and do that because especially if you got younger dogs that are just learning how to cast good Say they get out there about 75 yards, and they're, they're going the direction you want, and then Billy Bob over here hollers, hey, hand me a beer. Yeah, well, that damn, dog's going to speak that, English. That pup is probably going to turn around and come back. We have had an issue a couple of hunts here. We have a dog that we acquired. Uh, it's just not what it's not working out. She'll cast, take off. Man, all the other dogs will take off, and she'll lead them. Man, she'll go. Boom, they're gone. 200, 300 yards, she turns around, and the other dogs turn around. She's more, you know, because she, she's leading them. You know, it, it ain't took but a couple of hunts, and that I've had enough of that. So that she, you know, she's not going to be in our, our pack on that part. So you got to watch all that kind of stuff, too. Pay attention to other dogs as well, because you cannot base what one dog's performance is if he's hunting with a whole pack. Because you got, you know, everybody says, well, I got a lead dog. Take him hunting by himself. Take him hunting by himself. Show you if he's a lead dog. Yep. Take all of them by himself or if he's a me too dog. Yep. I know a, a good friend of mine, he had he had two Jags. And he sold one of them. And after that, he hardly ever, ever caught a hog again. Because he thought that was the me too dog. I mean, he th yeah, he thought that was the Me Too dog, and that was actually the lead dog. Even though they ran together all the time. A lot time. of times it looked like they're a Me Too dog, but mm -hmm. some dogs, especially after they get experience on their belt, like uh, that yellow dog that Rodney's got, she'll actually circle. When she goes out hunting, if no dogs follow her, she'll come back. She'll come back and keep walking around, and she'll, like, brush up against them, like, she'll, get she'll their be, attention, yeah, like, and, like trying to draw them in. And actually, then, like, I'm, I, she's one of the very few I've ever seen. She will come back and get those dogs and take them hunting. Yeah, she's a good solid. 
Oh, short, yeah. medium range. She's at that she's, fine yeah, lap a, over line. Yeah, she's a more shorter range dog. But if she's if she strikes though, I mean she'll she'll stick with it. Now that's, oh, yeah, she's got she, some bottom. Yeah. And that's that's the part that we were talking about with the bottom. It's like even though she only hunts out three or four hundred yards, she's she gonna go as far as she it, can go with that. Yeah, if it takes all night, she's gonna stay there. And there has been some all nights. Been a few of them. Uh, I guess we get into some different kind of breeds of dogs and what they just how they typically correlate with these styles and our experience yeah, for, with for us this, everything that we're saying ain't is, nothing set has stone, been, has been work well it's set stone from us yes our style our because <laughs> and all the breeds that we mentioned or we're talking about we have owned these we have hunted them we currently own most of the, the breeds there's a, quite a few we own a lot of them a lot of different breeds and we do a lot of different crosses uh, you know specific crosses for specific types of hunting to you know to put the meat on the damn tailgate yeah, we try to have a variation of styles of dogs yeah so no matter what kind of property we go to we, got we can perform for baby or we can at least take one dog and chip it in the race with other oh people. yeah because like, like we hunt with a guy Good friend of ours, Rodney. He's like he's got some of the best cast dogs. He's got uh, he got dogs. three. They're really good dogs. We we catch a lot of hogs together. It's hard to run rough dogs with you know with with just regular bay dogs or a bay dog that's not real rough. And we have made it work. It it was the first the first season that we hunted together. It was a little bumpy. Uh, his dogs were taking a little more damage, you know, than they normally ever would have. So, you know, kind of, kind of held back, and we, we found we got a, and we had a couple of dogs that are good bay dogs, and uh, they're a little bit rougher, and they, they wound up working real good together. They did, ours didn't cast as far, and but I tell you what, after hunting them for two or three hunts, we've got a couple out there that yeah, Charlie Charlie cast good, uh, Susie. Kings, doing, too. yeah, but that you know, just you, hunt. well, you got to be careful cat, just casting them because they're, they're they don't bay. I'm talking about the ones that are baying. Yeah. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah, so, the, the, no, the other ones that are those right there, they're going to go hunt those dogs. There's not an issue with, with them at all. That's yeah. high, that's some real deal high performance shit right there. Uh, those are some of our high terriers. You put them on the ground, they go, and there ain't no stopping there. I mean. <laughs> It ain't no stopping. The only time you stop is when you're killing something. They uh, they have, have really really worked good for us. Uh, some people they don't care for them. Uh, there's not a lot of people that have them. Their uh, ours are on the larger side. They're more of an Airedale style dog. Uh, I really like them. But like I said, back with the the ones that obey, mountain curves work great around this area. Uh, Parker curves. Uh, which of course you know you got the black mouth curves, catahoulas and stuff. I know some guys right now that are hunting catahoulas and they're doing. I mean, they just wear it. They're doing great. Um, I've got catahoulas from some of the best lines that you can get, and they do all right. I don't know if it's just the way that we hunt or whatever, or just the dog that we wound up, a couple of dogs that we wound up getting. But they're they don't have. Catahoulas to me are hit or miss. Yeah, I mean it's like, and that's but that's only the ones that we've yeah, had. Like that's said, our experience. Well, we haven't had a lot of them either. We've no. only had, 
you know, just a handful. And like I said, but blackmouth cur is, we've really done pretty good with them. But like I said, the mountain cur, the regional mountain cur, it, them some bitches right there, yeah, they make it happen. They will, you know, and, you know, it's weird because we get a lot of silent ones. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are silent. We've got quite a few over the years that were uh, started out as squirrel dogs, but they wouldn't bark. So, hey. We got a good buddy. Yeah. We got a good buddy. We do some swapping. He'd be like, listen, I ain't going to make a squirrel dog. She's too rough or too too hard. Or they just catch hogs while they're squirrel hunting. So, that's that's usually the ones I like to get. (laughs) And they work out pretty good. Uh, We we hunt a lot of terriers because we hunt a lot of cutovers. And a lot of new growth and stuff. It is thick. So, those little dogs, they work pretty good in it, you know. Caught there. They can work like a beagle can. Yeah, but now I know a lot of guys like with the the Ag Terriers and the Patterdales and stuff. They they see them little pocket rockets and everybody wants one. They want one. They want one. Well, I've had them for years and years. I'm tell you, hunting one with a pack of curd, you're gonna get it killed. Well, you ain't gonna get your other dogs killed. You ain't gonna catch no damn hogs. You ain't gonna do them yeah. a bust a bay if you got bay dogs. Because most of the time they gonna go in there and try it. And I'll be honest with you, if, they, if that jag don't go in there and try it, well, you got to water down one. Because everyone, everyone, I mean, they better go in there and do what they're supposed to do. And, I mean, they do, they can make some some fine bay dogs. I won several bay peeing competitions with Jack Terriers. Uh, Cody Fritz, hell, he's one down there in Upper Earls with it. That's, you know, that's the, that's the granddaddy of them all on that. Uh, who up, Ryan Goodman? And then we wound up, we acquired that dog later on. We, we've had some good ones. Blake's, James's play. Oh, yeah. Uh, William Hull. Burns. Yeah. Paul Greenwood. Yep. All and the then fellas. We've, uh, but I, I, like I said, we lean toward more. All ours are mostly rough, real rough running. We're going to be running catch. That was one of the two. Hounds. Man, I love hounds. I love to hear a race. I love to hear that song, bitch, just boom, just Bonked him. I'm talking about just wearing it out. But that hog hears him, and that's all good. It's on his Nikes. <laughs> he got the Nikes tied up, and here you go. And you're easy. You know what I mean, I ain't saying you can't catch them, because you can catch them. But it's going to. Got a hound with the bottom. Usually it's going to take all night just, you know, to catch one, one hog. So we uh, we don't really run a lot of hounds. Like I said, we, we run some a lot of crosses. Um uh, we cross all kinds of stuff. Catahoula Bulldogs, now that's where that Catahoula shines. Bird dogs, bird you bulls. You mix a Catahoula. She good. Anything nice. you put that Catahoula in, to, to me, works good. I like the Catahoula Blackmouth, just crossing them. That's made a good one. Usually, anytime you mix curves, it, yeah. it can add. add hounds? To it. Yeah. I noticed that with hounds. Add like, hounds. Yeah, they you can, take like the, the bear hunters, deer hunters, yeah, the, fox, fox hunters. Some of them hounds are just like you're talking about running a 10 mile race and running 15 miles an hour, 12 yeah. miles an hour. That's that's, that's crazy. crazy. Which, like I said, now, I don't keep up with a whole lot of that, but I do know that you know, if, like I said, if you got a dog that's moving the track at a steady eight miles an hour, you know, eight to eight to nine miles an hour, I mean, that he can he can shut that hog down, you know, he, he can he can. Do that a hell of a lot quicker than you can a dog that's running 
four to five miles an hour, four to six miles an hour. An hour makes a big difference in it, you know. Now you take a, an hour and he's done running six miles, you can have a one-hour race. Or if, you know, if that son of a gun is running four miles an hour and that hog ran six miles, yeah, I mean, you don't have an hour and a half six, race. Six miles an hour or 13 miles an hour, that's yeah. the difference between an hour well, race and a 30-minute race. They ain't going to be really pushing Theoretically. No, it, not in the hills. No. Flatland, more feasible. But it's, it's going to have to well, have... that's going to be a lot of pin runners problem. Yes. But yes. It, like I said, out here in the in open... I tell you, we need to get need to see if we can get Pat. Yeah, I, I'm way out of my league even trying yeah, to Yeah, no, I don't, I don't need Mike, Mike Sapp. He's another He's yeah. another one. Mike uh, Sapp, that's something he knows. Jason and Chad Leonard, they know a lot yep. about the running dogs. Yeah, they the, a lot of coyote hunters. Fox hunters, cat, bobcat hunters, them, them dudes right there. Now they know the hounds do. And somebody that's like a very secluded group, bobcat hunters. That's it's like. Oh yeah. If you're gonna go buy a bobcat dog, number one, good luck finding one. Number two, just go buy your new truck. It costs the same. Yeah, take a loan out from the bank. Yeah. Like, look, I, I my wife got medical bills because it's. <laughs> yeah, because that shit's gonna cost you. I don't know what it is, but because you can find mountain lion dogs. Yeah. Easier than you can bobcat dogs, which is strange to me. Like, I don't. Know. I don't. Well, I, you know, I guess they run the way they run. And like I said, I'm out of my league because I don't yeah. know. That's something. I, I, don't, I, I don't we've treated bobcats with coon dogs, and you know it's a bobcat. And that's, that's a hard good. track because we had a blue tip. You gotta have a smart dog. Oh, trash that can sound. Trash and can sound. I had some guns on blue tick. Let me tell you what. Big old gas gun, red dog. This son bitch would take off, and you knew he was on the cat because he was gonna go. He hit one of these privet head thickets or something like that, and it would tree, and he'd stay there and stay and stay and stay. And as soon as we got right close enough to where you could shine and see it, boom, hit the ground, go again. Wouldn't go but a couple hundred yards, but it was real thick stuff, short trees. Never did have one in a tall tree. We, like, we live in Alabama, and I mean, we got some big-ass trees. Yeah. We got, you know, got some old virgin timber. Big it's growth. either old growth or cut over. Cut over, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, like I said, though, you get into any of those kind of things, you can make, you can take those, any of these dogs that we said, and you can make them. You ain't gonna make them, but you can get them and use them to hunt anything. Whether you, you is, can't make a dog do something, you gotta kind of. You can guide training that dogs way. is like coaching, natural ability, Na- natural ability, and trying to figure it out. Because yeah. like like we was talking about with bobcat dogs, they gotta be a smart dog. You can't have a dog that just is a big old jughead that runs around and just wants to. Yeah. Well, they, gotta, and they gotta have drive. They gotta, yeah, they gotta go, and they gotta think. Uh, some talking about the the coyote hunters, fox hunters, and stuff. Lurchers, yes. Bull lurchers, greyhounds, staghounds, deerhounds, wolfhounds. These dogs, they have a place in the hog dog world. Uh, they have a place right here, in my yard. There ain't no doubt. The the bull lurcher, love it. I love the dog. They're thin skinned. Yeah. But right. they, we, they, they have a little. They have a longer recovery time. Yeah, but they're putting so much effort into running. They're they're fast. They're burning a lot of calories. Oh, uh, I know a lot of. We were all. I was always told, you know, you don't run them in the woods, where there's fences and stuff like that. We haven't had. We've had them take off and go straight to the woods. Yeah. And I was I was scared to death the first couple years that well, I, I would agree with the fences though. Yeah, so, the fence, you know you got Bob wire fence or something out there that you can't see real good, don't run him in that because he ain't gonna be around no more. Yeah, um, forty miles an hour it's like at the cart, it's a like oh, go kart wreck. <laughs> but now the stags, I've heard 
some guys they just they they don't care for them. They can't stand them. They have a good personality, but they yeah. can be. That, I like them. They, they, they have that pet personality, but not like the pit or something like that where they're so jealous. Yeah. And they're not going to get like get pissed off at you and chew up all yeah. your shoes or something. And, you know, but, that's like the Airedales. The Airedales, they, they remind me of an Airedale, that, you know, to, to an extent. That some of the old, not as chewy. <laughs> some of the old Airedales, old Scott, you know, uh, that's Airedale's one of the best dogs to me Which I know. That, that's ever been produced. But, you know, it's just like anything else. They take it. And they publicize it, and then they make it a show dog. And then Fire Mama, Mama, out it. Fire Mama's got that that big old eighty pound Airedale sitting on the couch, and it's got barrettes in its hair and all that stuff. I've got some some pretty good sized Airedales that uh, they ain't got no barrettes. Their earrings they hang on to, you know. They they do a good job catching as any dog I've ever had. They will stay, stick with it. Won't let go, and then I've had them to where they would hit that track, and they had all the bottom in the world, and they were silent. And I mean, they they, they are they're it was like a catahoula. It's yeah. occurred. Anytime you add that in, you're adding a lot of good attributes. Yes. They have great bone structure, and they have a lot of mental capacity too. They're yes. they're pretty that, tall. The maturity dogs. level on some of these dogs. They mature slow though. That's the, that's what I would say the downfall would be. Yep, because we we've had to take. And I mean, the first first few times we did some crosses, you know, like I said, we, we hunt a lot of the jags. They usually come out, when they're born, they're ready to attack something, and they're yeah, ready they're to hunt. Literally had them come yeah, out, they growl. leaving the placenta off growling. Yeah, I mean, just, it's 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 crazy. But, like I said, they're wide open, they're crazy, they're just bouncing off the wall, so you cross them with the Airedale, or something of the sort like that, and... It kind of tones that that litter down, but depending the, the, the mother, to me, I, the mom, the the female is going to determine my breeding every time, every time. I the the male, yeah, he plays a big role in it. You know, two champions can throw a whole litter of coals. Yep, doesn't matter. And two coals can throw a whole litter of champions. If you got two really good dogs, the chances of producing really good dogs is a lot higher. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's going to happen, you know, especially every single time. Consistency, you know, if, if you're, because you hear guys that are like, every pup out of that litter made a dog, made a good dog. And I mean, that's saying something, yeah. especially if they do it pretty consistent. It's I mean, like, you know, that it's means like, they have really managed this their, their breeding program very yeah. well. That, yeah, they didn't let just whatever. That but now, a luck. <laughs> it, it's, it's a lot of luck because I've had accidental breedings. You know, come outside the damn neighbor's dog is hung up with it. He's like, oh my god! But I've actually had years ago. I actually had a litter of those, and which I think there are only like two of them live, and they both turned out to be great dogs. Which yeah, you know, Cody Snipes, Nigerian Dogo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he found that dog. At, at old, around an old abandoned house, I think. I'm not, not 100% sure. The dog's name is Trouble. Let me tell you something. That son would go get it. That dog was just happy to have somebody care for him and feed him. You know, he got him when he was a puppy and throwed him out there with the, the other dogs. Man, that son gun is, I mean, he made a top hand. Which, like I said, you hear that all the time. Catch dogs, pit bulls, you have 
there's a difference in the, the American Pit Bull Terrier and a Pit Bull and a Bulldog and all that. Now, everybody uses the term Bulldog. It's kind of like Cur Dog. Yeah, it's like, well, it's that's a Cur Dog. Yeah, it's, a, it's smeared over yeah. a lot of breeds. Used to that pissed me off so bad now, I'm even doing it. You know, it's like because the the purist in me wants to, to make sure we still got the old classic style game dog lines. Uh, you hear a lot of people say, oh man, it, it, and I'm talking about now, younger guys, oh, that's, that's a Jeep Nigarino dog. Uh, that dog come off of, that's all Boudreaux stuff or this and that. I'm like, how do you know? Well, well look at him. He looks, just, dog he looks like that. Years. Shit, <laughs> way longer than that. I mean, you're talking about dog. I mean, you get into stuff. One guy told me he had, he said, it's off of Colby's dime. I said, ain't you, what, that dog's 75 years old. What's wrong with you? Uh -huh. No, Twister. I was like, come on. You talking about back in the 30s and 40s. Yeah. It's a great they don't even, and, and a lot of hog hunters, a lot, I, know, I noticed that, a lot of hog dog guys, that's why they're into the hog hunting thing is because they had a lot of, they were game dog guys. It's, um, it's still a pretty straight up contact sport when it yeah, comes to exactly dog. because, you know, you can't, you can't let some of the dogs do what they were born and bred to do. So you got to find another outlet and it works good. So, okay, you know, you got the American Pitbull Terrier, game dog. You got uh, your designer dogs, what I call them. Pet know, bull. Your pet bull. I've got one in the house, 90, 95 pounds. They make, they make he's pets. A, he's one of the best. But I guarantee you come touch that doorknob, you're going to know he's there. Now, he, he might he might lick you to death, but he'll scare the shit out of you because he's so big, you know. But he's a great dog. Then, like, I got another one that's right there in the front yard. He's an English bull terrier. A little bit different. Yeah. Now, they have done the same thing. They've bred these dogs for looks. That big old Roman nose, big round water head. I, I mean, it's disgusting. Why would you do that to that? That's not the way that dog looks. It's not the way that dog's supposed to look. Those dogs are gladiators, man. I mean, they're, they're, well, I'm gonna put some pictures and stuff up in here or take some video and show you, you know, what the style that, that they should look like. And there, and even the ones that we got are still not what they started out as. Of course, we can't the only can't way have that. You know, we gotta we gotta try to. All we can do is try to to keep what we got alive and keep it bred as close as possible. Keep that lineage to what it should be. You know, we we line breed everything. Try to make it. Try to keep it to what we have and always improving every time. You know, don't don't just do it. Breed it just because it's there. Uh, Got your American Bulldogs. I hadn't had an American in, in a long time. I, I like the, the American Bulldog. know some guys that have had some that are fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, Johnson, Scott, Bloodlines. Always make, you know, that's, of course, that's some of the bigger names in it. Uh, then you got your Band Dogs. Band Dogs, uh, there's, you know... Matt, they're a molecule. A much larger dog. Yeah, they're English bulldog or even bigger. Oh yeah. Or American, American, American bulldog. Yeah, American my bulldog. bulldog. My bad. Uh, yeah, band dogs are shit 100 pounds plus. Some of them bigger, you know, 140, 150. Uh, a lot of dogs. Cane corsos, mastiffs. All these are kind of in the same family, the Mollusker family. Uh, Dogo Argentina. I've got one out here. 
he's I don't know he's not a, a great big dog like his brothers and sisters and his parents he was the run of the litter he turned it he looks like a, a 60 pound game 60 65 pound oh game yeah he dog. would pass it now he is a game fire ball dog. though I mean he he is he's definitely he's he's a game ain't no doubt uh, Amstaffs American Staffordshire Terrier there's a difference between them and a than the APBT. Uh, a lot of people say, oh, that's the same dog. Man, that's a totally different dog. You know, Amstaffs are a lot smaller, shorter, broader, bigger head, wider mouth. Uh, like this difference between a powder dog and a game pit. Yeah, there, there's there's big differences in it. Those are some of the, the catch dog styles there. Um, you know, it, it all it all depends on what, what you want, what you like, what works for you. Because I know a lot of guys that, they're going to be like, I like the way that dog looks. And they're going to base it off of that. And they're going to love that dog until they use it. And then they realize, well, this dog is not what I need. Like well, you, I can't handle this dog at home. Well, yeah, you, okay. <laughs> for for catch dog, you go in with a walk-in catch dog and say you go get, uh, what's some what's little Gremlins dogs? They're bulldog pit yeah. bulls, but they're not. They're the not a bully. Dang, I think. I don't remember anyway the little short leg mini bull dogs or whatever. There's some cool looking little dogs, but you can't vest that dog up and turn him loose and let him run a hundred yards into a catch and then him grab a three hundred pound hog and shut it down. Not it I mean, if it does happen, you're one of the very few, I'm sure, and I like to see it. I mean I'm not saying you're lying, I mean I but I want I love watching work. Yeah, you're not going to bring a, yeah. an English Bulldog and catch a haul with it. Yeah. But an English Bull Terrier, different. It, yeah, <laughs> it's a whole different deal. Take, you know, you go to, you hunt the swamps. Probably going to want a leg of your you dog. You want a leg of your dog. Uh, you hunt the hills, you probably don't want a leg of your dog, you know. So that's where the crosses come in. Bird bulls. Man. Love them bird bulls. Bird dog's a good thing to cross to. Yeah. You, you take a, you can take any kind of, not just any dog, but any any kind of monster breed, which would be a, a pit, band dog, or English bull terrier, Amstaff, or whatever. Cross it with a bird dog. When we say bird dog, dogs. we say bird dog. We're not talking about a cocker spaniel. We're talking like an English pointer or, or a wire hair pointer or short hair, German short hair pointer or something like that. You know, something with a, a deep, larger setter, deep chest, long legs, uh, something with some stamina. I like I like adding it because it they throw that nose up. Man, I love a dog that do that. Yeah, like, it, puts, it just it tries to winding, just it puts the winding up. ability into. It. And when you're yeah. hunting those cutovers and stuff like that, oh, you got a real shoot. swirling wind. Yeah. Sometimes that track is not as good, and plus there's scent everywhere because the hogs uh, running through briars. So well, yeah. it's not just a track; it's a track <laughs> like a three-dimensional plane instead of two D. So he can pick his head up and follow the strongest exactly. trail of scent. You know, we, we learned a lot when we were going to, uh, we went to a high fence. We was going to go there. And first first time I went, I was like, yeah, here we'll go. And it was like, I think, 500 acres high fence. I You know, I thought, well, I said, we'll go over here and I'll get these these dogs tuned up because deer season was fixing to be over with, da da da. Man, we went over there and we didn't, I didn't think we'd done that great. We actually had caught more hogs there than anybody had ever caught, but 
I think the only reason we done that is because our dogs, that's the way they hunted. They hunted with their head up and running. But our older dog, like we had a couple that were track dogs. They, they struggled. They struggled. I'm too talking, much time. That's a thing. Our finish, our fi I mean, uh, and I, I'm not going to call the dog finished until it's pretty much dead. You know, it's done gone as far as it can go. Uh, you know, it. these finished dogs, they were struggling. The pups and young dogs, we had a bird dog. We had a pointer. Carried him over there. He had never hunted at all. Carried him over there. He found three hogs right off the bat. Boom, boom, boom. He was running with his head up, just running in circles. He would go out six, seven hundred yards and just start coming in like that. And bam, he bust one. Worked out great. After that weekend, that dog right there really came on pretty strong. Yeah, okay, this is what we're doing. It's kind yeah. of that crossover point where instead of he's just running whatever, he's like, I'm he putting, figured out I smell all. these pigs and then I'm finding these pigs. and I'm Yeah, like, they put it all together. <laughs> and so it's... Uh, it's one of them deals where, you know, it. now that you've got into hunting pretty good, you need to figure out what's going to work for you and what you like. All right, so now that we don't went over all this other stuff, let's uh, let's go to... Back to the buying the dogs. Yeah. You've, you've gotten a puppy. You've bought some, some young dogs. You've raised them. You, you know what you're looking They're for. They're different levels. You, you need figured to know out. that. You figured out. Okay, this is the style of dogs I'm hunting. This is the range of dogs I'm hunting. Okay, so now you're like, dang, my old dog got killed, or you're trying to start another pack of dogs. Yeah, and then either if, way, for if like you get Plan B. You need to know the difference though, and what a started dog is, a dog that's going good, and a finished dog. Because there's going to be people like that. Well, I got a finished dog yeah. for sale. We need to clarify that. Yeah, finished dog. Like I was saying a while ago, to me, a finished dog is not really finished until it's done went as far as it can go. But you, you know, a lot of people. I like to finish a dog out. What it, you know, it's what it's, what everybody calls it. You know, you want that dog. You can take it pretty much anywhere, at any time, and succeed. Finished dog. It's people, got a good handle on it's it. It's got a good hand. That dog can adapt and go from flatland, mountains, cutovers, thickets, whatever. Uh, doesn't mean that. It's going to shine, per se, but you will be able to catch what you need I with that dog. It. You can catch it, catch it with that. And then a started dog is one that, to me, is I've carried it to the woods a couple of times. It's been on a couple of pigs. It knows what a pig is. And then you got one, what I call a going one that's going good, is I can take that dog and go catch hogs fairly consistent. And, you know, if he's not a lead dog, he's going to be, on every bay every catch there so and I, and I would probably pretty comfortably say a finished dog is not going to be younger than five years old five five is still a pretty young finished dog it's going to have to be well it's going to be on a lot of hogs it's got yeah i mean that it's got to have experience yeah, it I'm, depends i think it would depend i would probably say three and a half four years old maybe would be the very youngest to me that's just us yeah, yeah. like i said i'm more and i mean i've i've talked him most of the stuff that he knows, and he's learned a, a multitude of stuff on his own. But like I said, you know, it's just one of the deals. And you can't expect, you can't expect too much at one time. You you can't take a sixteen month old dog and expect it to do what a five year old dog can. No, no. A child cannot do a grown man's job. You gotta let them mature, let them grow into their own. If you take a ten year old kid, he might can nail on shingles. And he might can do them correctly. 
but he cannot outdo a 30-year-old roofer. Simple. You know, he can grow up to outdo him. He can be better than him when he's 25. But he could also get burnt out yep. and never roof again. <laughs> exactly. That's that's one of those deals that just, you know, just work. Make sure you got everything set up for your dogs. Coach the pups, whatever. Make sure that you set them up for success and not failure. If you take them to the desert. With no hog sign. With no hog sign. They're not going to catch any pigs. Put them in hog sign. Go bait you up a spot. Get the hogs coming in. Hunt over a feeder. Hell, it don't matter. There's somebody going to let you hunt hog. I'm guaranteed. Oh, yeah, there so just keep that in mind where you're at. You know, I always try to set it up for success. It's just like you. You need to be set up for success in life like you would do your children, do your dogs the same way. Basically, you know, try to do it like that and it'll work. Uh, some dogs are not going to make it. Don't be scared to cold. That's a hard thing to do sometimes, but it's if you really care about your pack and you care about being consistent in your reputation and what you have to bring to the table when somebody calls and says, hey, I've got a hog problem, you need to make sure you got the dogs to do it with. Don't show up with just a bunch of dogs that won't hunt or won't do anything. And if they don't, you know, don't bring them back. It costs the same to feed a dog that won't hunt as it does to feed a finished damn good dog. It costs the same amount. So... Like I said, we're going to have a couple more episodes on this. This is a longer ordeal. We're going to get into more junk and stuff. If you guys want certain topics, if you have questions or anything, uh, leave us a comment. If you're on the YouTube part, do that. You can listen to us on uh, Spotify, Spotify Buzzsprout. Uh, you know, we appreciate y'all. We, we're just doing this to... You know, hog dogging is a sport that we love, and there's not a whole lot out there. There's a lot of videos out there. But there's no content. Do. Yeah, but there's there. It's not a steady content. Nothing in depth. Hog Dog Nation podcast is doing uh, going uh, leaps about. Yeah, they they have the really they're paving the way for a lot of stuff. I, I'm I'm not saying that we just you know we've done this because they were doing it. We were, but it has really motivated us to do it more and to come out more. And Same tree, different branch. There's is more of the bay dogs. Yep. Pat's got a lot of knowledge. Oh, as Hounds and Ed running Barnes, Check out his book. Ed Barnes, great book. Yeah, gotta have it. And then we got some, we got some people we like to thank. You know, when we do these videos, they help us through with Dixie Doggers. Uh, you know, whether it be by some products that we use or by some land that we hunt you know we got a uh, we got Finn and Feather Lodge we we've hunted out of that place a lot Tim Harrington a friend over in Mississippi uh John Van Note All-American Hound and Hunting Supply we got Crockett Taxidermy yep Lance Criswell Lance Criswell then we got Frank Wright Construction Frank Wright Construction uh, Wright Outdoor Company who else we got uh, Scent Balls we got them, Lynn Farms. Yes. If we you're got, in the northern, north central Alabama area, buy your corn from them. They got yeah. some of the best prices and probably more volume than most people. Yeah. We're going to make sure they have plenty of corn because we keep the hogs out of the corn. Oh, and yeah. then uh, we, uh, we're DY Outdoors, Donnie Yates, he's in Carbon Hill, Alabama. If you need any game cameras or anything like that. Oh, man, he got us hooked up with the, uh, the Tacticam. Reveal. That, we'll put some changer. pictures and stuff. Oh, it's changed everything on our trapping and stuff so far. I mean, 1 o'clock in the morning, I'm in there on my phone looking at it. You know, I'm like, look, they're going in the trap. Oh, we got them here. 
Oh, oh, there's a new board. Oh, there's a sow. She's got some other ones. You know, and it's in real times. And for guys my age that weren't used to the technology, guys, I'm telling you, this is the way to go. It's, you go it's cheating. You started out without a tracking it's system, cheating. and now you're getting like almost a, yeah. a real-time feed of the hogs being there. It's like, yeah. wow, the future is now. All right, check <laughs> us out on Facebook and Instagram, uh, Dixie Doggers. Everybody we mentioned will be linked down below in the description. Yep. So if you're on Spotify, you'd have to move to YouTube. Yeah, go to YouTube, check it out. Uh, we have a we have a donate button, also for our veterans hunts. We do we take a lot of veterans out hunting and active duty military. Yeah, not we're, we're not we're not out begging, bumming for money, nothing like that. But it does cost a lot of money. I've done this for over ten years, taking some veterans out hunting every year. Never asked anybody for a dime. Pays for their meals, <clears> their gas yeah, money, pays, pays for everything. Whatever uh, they need. We we have a couple of people that donate. Uh, you know. Ten dollars a month every month, and it's a tremendous help. Uh, we've set up a Patreon account. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're have to get that linked up. Yep. To where you could become a subscriber, you get exclusive content, and eventually we're gonna have some of our own gear. Up we'll there. have we'll have all of your logos, brands, and stuff back here on this wall. Uh, you know, I've done so we'll done get more into that. Stuff. Yeah. Later on, we'll get, into, we'll get into all that stuff. I've got this right here. I worked on this for our buddy at Crockett Taxidermy. Not done with it yet, but just a little something. Maybe you can see what you're going to get to hang up on the wall behind us. Thanks for your patronage. That's what we're talking about. I guess that's what you call it. So, uh, these guys that support us doing this, we thank y'all so much. Thanks for listening. Tune in again. We're going to try to do this about every two weeks. Uh, Dennis Monahan, thanks for listening, California, brother.